0: Well, it's good to be back. I see a lot of similar faces. Some, I think I've seen you last time, but it's good to be here. Um, just want to, uh, want to give Pastor a little peace when I drive him to hospital. <laughs> that I, I can't be like as much mafia as I, as I try to be, so he can feel a little safer, you know. That's the best I got. Okay, so there you go. Um, so, turn your Bibles to uh, John chapter 15. And as you're turning there, um, we have been on the deputation trail now, uh, 18, 19, coming on 19 months, right? No, 18 months, still 18 months. And like you said, we're at 99%. So it's it's crazy, it's, things are happening fast, you know, the Lord works, you know. Of course, we, if you remember, we started, we started in the midst of COVID, you know, so we had to. We had to really play. I did construction. I remodeled houses. If you remember the story, that, um, and uh, we've had to pray real hard. Lord, do we quit? Do we do we postpone this, or do we do we just go ahead and step out by faith and continue? And um, I was actually at a at a place over here. You know, as as we traveled around, what I used to do in construction and roofing and all that stuff, I, I could stay fairly active. And now, for the most part, driving around and speaking, I'm 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 less physically active, so that. Makes makes young man bloat a little bit, and so I went going down here to the, the gym thing, and and they asked me what I do for a living, and I got to explain to them, and next thing, uh, you know, they were asking uh, why, you know, I get to explain to them about the hope, joy, and peace that Christ brings, and then it moved on into it's like well you sure did pick pick a wrong time to do it, and uh, the testimony is there that that there, there's never a bad time. That Christ is more important than anything we do right. he's been around since plagues time immemorial there's been plagues going on you know it but Christ has always pushed through through all the all the darknesses and all the things and actually uh, these are even the better the best of times to be spread in the gospel because people are really looking for answers and I found that to be true um, one thing I will say pastor gave me permission to do this tonight um, you can see me afterwards but Something kind of came up upon us since we were here last time and it's been put in our lap to be able to provide the finances and uh, there's already a team ready, ready to go over the, over, over on the field and we're wanting to do a little project that's called a Bible Translation Project. It sounds like a little project. No, that's a huge project, right? Um, but again, I won't be much part of it other than just raising the finances for it, so they've told us it's going to take about $25,000, so we've, we've divided that by 66 books, and uh, we're kind of giving away little certificates for people that want to be partakers of that project, and so just say, you know, like, hey, I, I love the book of John, and so for $379, we, you've basically helped translate the entire book of John for the people that we're going to. It, it sounds crazy, because it is crazy. Uh, I never dreamed I would be part of this so soon. Um, but the doors have opened up. If you want to know more about that project, come see me afterwards, and I'll tell you all the all the fun, amazing things that God's doing in that. And uh, But right now, when we get into the Word of God here, uh, you're in John chapter 15. Oh, you know, I, I, I try to read as much as I can about about the field, about the problems of the history of, of it all, of where we're going. And uh, it almost puts you in kind of a dark dark mind, like negative and you know a lot of death, a lot of destruction, like 1999, 1990s, all this death and murder and and all sorts of different wicked camps that they had, uh, pulling women and children out of uh, houses and doing things to them. It's like, I I try to get to understand, because these are the people we're going to be working with, right? These are the people that we're going to be helping counsel, so I got to know who they are, but eventually it's just like... It gets to be really extremely heavy, and how do you how do you answer people when they come to, they come up to you and they say, "I don't believe in your God, your God. I don't believe that this this Jesus person would allow this to happen to my family. I don't I don't believe in him." How do you answer all those questions? And so, to get to know the people has been on my heart pretty heavy, and uh, that's where this this message comes from. is because I do. I, as we travel around, I. Maybe I have spent more of the majority of my time talking about the the problems and the situations and the need for the gospel in that country. But then I have a wife who is the blessing to me and reminds me uh, she's my uh, positive part of my life. You know, we'll be sitting in a long light at McDonald's and I'll be like,
1: why is the lawn so long?
0: (laughs) And she's like, well, we could be walking outside and standing in line outside in the rain and snow, you know? So there's always a, 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 a beautiful cloud to the, the dark day, maybe. But she's, she's been helping me a lot, and uh, we're looking forward to getting over there. Actually, we're going to be flying. Uh, we're ordering tickets this January, like a few weeks, actually, and flying in March. And so it's coming up quick. We're having an auction in February, and we're going to be selling off our stuff. Um, so we can go over there because we don't need it. and matter of fact, um, the more stuff that I keep here, like my guns and all the stuff that I've worked my life for, all my my rednecks, my redneck surplus gear, uh, doomsday prepper stuff, you know, um, the more that we 'll be sitting over there on the field uh, wanting to come home to play with all my toys. And it may sound ridiculous, uh, but that's what happens to a lot of guys is they have all the things that they enjoyed here in the states. And those are draws. I remember growing up, I used to hear preachers preach about, you know, the conquistadors, how they'd go from Spain or Portugal and they'd come all the way down to South America and, and they would get there on the shore and they would take and they would have a guy go out and he'd light, light a match to the boat and he would burn the ship. And he would get up and he'd say, we need to burn our ships. Well, that's it, a good idea until it's your ship. <laughs> no longer a good idea, you know? So that's what's happening in February. And, and so just pray for that, that God would have His way in that sale. And, um, and then also this Bible project that would be another thing that we'd like to get done before we go over. And then safety as we travel all the way from Washington State to Missouri. It's a long, it's a long poke, but uh, pray that God gives us safety in that. So John 15 um, I could give you some titles to John 15, but I'm, I'm going to give you some non-accurate titles to John 15. How does that sound? We'll start that way. Um, a non-accurate title of John 15 could be this, Abide, So You Can Have Joy. It sounds like a good title, but is it accurate? Abide, is another, another, another title could be this, Abide, So You Can Do Your Job sounds maybe accurate, but that's not accurate. Um, and then the, uh, the title that we'll have tonight is this. Abide, that you can have joy in the work. That you can have joy in the work. If you're like me, which maybe you're probably a whole lot more spiritual than I am, um, you struggle not only with the work, but you sometimes struggle with the joy and this, this, this chapter, this text here we're going to have tonight is, is going to be Christ teaching his disciples how not just to do the work, but how to have joy in the work. You see, see, he's not called us just to sit still, right? It'd be very easy for us just to kind of say, hey, we're going to put this whole missions thing on pause so everything calms down and the devil starts, stops throwing, throwing darts and all these things kind of mosey on down the road, but that's not what he's called us to do. The disciples could have done that just as easy. They could have said, you know what? This is, people's not liking this. This is a bad time to really be an apostle. You know, they're not, they're not liking what we're saying. And in a few short years after Jesus Christ leaves the scene, they're actually going to be hunting them down. This is not a good time. Uh, but Jesus is preparing these men, these disciples, and teaching them how to have joy in the work. Heavenly Father, I pray you would be with us tonight. I pray you'd comfort us and guide us into truth that you've given us to your word. We love you and thank you for all you've done for us. Protect our minds tonight. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. If you used to back up to John chapter 14 for a little context here, you would find that he says in chapter 14, verse 1, he's telling his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And he goes on down to he says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he says, I go. Right, so he's basically he tells his disciples. He said, "Guys, listen, I've got to prepare you for the job that you're going to be doing. I'm not preparing you to be just a modern day Christian. I'm preparing you to do a job. That's the thing." He says, "I go," and he's going to be going down through here, and he's going to be telling them that you're going to be going. And so the idea is that Jesus is is helping his disciples, teaching his disciples. Listen, this is what's going to happen as we come down through. We find well, we talk about uh, peace, the two different types of peace that that. Christ gives the, my peace, he gives unto you. And verse 27, uh, verse chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Right? So he's saying there's two different kinds of peace, that peace that, that passes all understanding. When we go to our field, it's not going to be because we feel like it. Does that make sense? Let me put it this way. There's a lot of things, like I think I even preached last time, that would want to keep us off the field, things that I don't look forward to, things that scare me, things that like, you know what, I just don't have peace about that. But we're not going because of the peace that we have. It doesn't matter what kind of peace that we have. We're going because of the peace that Christ brings to us. And so the same thing with the disciples. They're getting ready to go do this crazy stuff for Christ. They're going to be taking the gospel all over the world. And in Matthew 28, you look at the disciples and you look at how Christ called them out and and, and, uh, even, go ye therefore into all the world. And you look at these disciples, Matthew and uh, Mark and, and Peter and John and all these men that he looked at them. Of course, the Great Commission was given to the church, amen? But those men that he was looking eyeball to eyeball with when he spoke, those men went to India and they went, they went to Syria. They went to, uh, some say they went to Greece and they went down to Africa. I mean, they went all over the place. And what happened is they didn't come home and retire when they got a good old age as they ended up dying on the field. And he's preparing these guys to give it all up and to move forward. And you think about all these disciples, I man, they all had jobs, they all had you know, careers. Some were fishermen, some were tax collectors. Jesus was a carpenter, but he's telling them it's okay. But you've, you put yourself in their mind, there's a lot that I, you know, you could feel like you're giving up. But he's asking them to go do the work, but not just to do the work, but how to do the work, right? So to help you understand this, I'm going to give you an illustration of the most annoying instrument that I have. Some of you don't look too excited. This. Some of you look sad. It's sad. It's... It's a beautiful instrument if you know how to play it, right? If you know how to play it. Now, me and my wife, we've lived in a camper for coming on four years now. Three years? Three years? Four? Four years in and out of campers. We interned with our sending church, and instead of renting a house and paying 1200 bucks a month, we got ourselves a camper. And then we gave ourselves a motto, home is where you park it. So, bad joke, okay. But this thing, I'm telling you, it, you can force it. I'm telling you, I, I grew up. My life, I uh, grew up in the Independent Baptist Church. I was backslidden for a lot uh, most of my life, and I sat on the back row, and I was just living my life for my thing. And I'd come to church, and I would force, I'd force Christ, I'd force my Bible reading, I'd, I'd force a lot of things. I even sometimes I would force serving the Lord. You know what I'm talking about when you when you go to church because I to go to church tonight. Traffic and Christmas people and rrr, rrr, go to church tonight. Anybody come here with that attitude tonight? Don't raise your hand. Okay. All right. I'm just saying, like, can't you just get into the habit of doing Jesus stuff without Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes as, as missionaries get caught up in that as well. They get overseas, and they feel like they've got to perform. they got to do this. they got to do that. And they get so busy serving. You talk about Mary and Martha, right? They get so busy serving, they forget really how to serve, right? So when I first got this this, this here violin, I I remember I'd get on it, and my wife would sit back, and she'd ooh and ah about how beautiful my music was, and it sounded a whole lot like this, and it just went... Not, not a single one of you gave me applause at, at all. That doesn't sound very pretty, does it? Right? Well, what's, the, what's the problem? You see, Jesus says here in John chapter 15, He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, verse 6, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Can I ask you a question? How in the world can God be glorified? Read verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. Would you say yes to this? Um, Our job as a Christian... A born again saint, a person that believes the Bible and that loves Jesus Christ, would you say this? That our job on this earth is to glorify the Father at your nursing job, the Walmart line, when you're driving behind the crazy people and they won't turn at the signal and it's just go beep beep. Would it say that your job on this earth is to glorify the Father, us as we go to the field, you as you stay? We're both glorifying just as much in the roles that God's given us, no? Would you say the job of this fiddle is to make beautiful music? It's supposed to. That's right, the key, supposed to. But, you know, as, as we go about trying to glorify God, you know we can actually make a horrible, pitiful sound of our Christian life. Does that make sense? You're a Christian. One of the, I don't know if it was uh, the Hindu guy or Buddha or Gandhi or one of those dudes, he said, he said this, he said, I would almost be a Christian. Someone, repeat, someone finish that for me if you know it. If it wasn't for Christians. I'd almost be a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. You know what the problem was? Someone wasn't glorifying the Lord around Mr. Buddha or Mr. Gandhi, whoever the guy was. So here we go, we we have our job, we have our mission field, we have we have our, our our duty station, we have the world. And then we have the branches. So you're looking at little old Matt Miller right here. You see this? Now have, I don't know if you've ever been to a, a, a violin concerto or a sonata, sonata, whatever it is. Have you ever been with them fancy things where they dress all up with the thingies and the musical flutes and the all the stuff and they play it real fast and loud and you pay money to see it. You ever been to one of those? Well, the, the very, the very top thing person is like the first, what do they call it? The first violinist, the first chair? First chair? What's she what's she or he playing? Violin. Now, you get done with that concerto, that sonata. And they're standing at the back, and you can maybe greet them and say, wow, that was so wonderful. And you ever seen someone come up to that violinist and be like, I just had to say hi. You have such a wonderful bow. No. They might have said, that's that's the most expensive violin I've ever seen in my life. That's a $150,000 violin. That is awesome. Or they might have said something about her skills or his skills and how I've never heard anybody play a violin like that. That was, that was awesome. But you'll never hear anybody say, you know what? That bow was just awesome. Why? Because it's a stick with horsehair. It's about what it amounts to, isn't it? You know what we are as Christians? We're nothing more than sticks with horsehair. It's kind of humbling when you think about it. Most of us Christians, we want to feel like the $150,000 violin. I could never go to the mission field. I've got too much going for me. I could never do that job, pastor, because that's that's beneath me, cleaning toilets. Oh, I am a $150,000 violin. No, you, hate to break your bubble, are a stick with strings. You're a branch. That's what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. The whole purpose of the vine and the branches is to bear fruit, you see. Now, here is old Matt Miller trying to do his christian duty, trying to go to church, trying to uh, do school, trying to do Bible college, trying to read my Bible every morning and say my prayers for just because I want to be a good Christian boy. So every morning I wake up and it sounds like this. To God. God's nowhere in it. I'm doing my Christian duty. I come to church, and I'm do. I'm forcing my Christian duty. I go to work, I'm forcing my Christian duty. I I I have my job. I go to the mission field, and I. It, it just sounds terrible. To the God Almighty, there's no there's no glory in that. Someone cuts you off, and you scream at them. Some of the, I used to do construction, and some of the. Some of the worst people to work for as I did, and I was a Christian, some of the worst people to work for that I found were Christians. Every Christian wants something for free. They don't hire hire the lost electrician, they hire the saved electrician because the saved electrician will give them a discount. They don't hire the lost plumber, they don't hire the, the lost concrete guy because that's just the way it works. And so without meaning to, there's many electricians and plumbers and tradesmen that aren't at church today because they've been burnt. They've been around Christians that played sour music. What's your life like? If you was to honestly sit back and look at how your life has been spent, have you been, have you been making the music in your life that you wanted to make? I want to make the, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want, I want to make it happen like this. When you live your life the way you want to, you, the Bible says, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. He says, you disgust me. That's what I was. Man, I was, I was a spinning image. I, I lived my life. I, I, I forced myself to rub against the world, and I, I did all the things that Matt Miller wanted to do. And God looked at my little Christian life, and he said, that's disgusting. Jesus Christ is not just saying how to make beautiful music but how to move forward as you do it against what people want you to do. Most people don't want you to be a Christian. Most people don't want you to talk about them in the in the places that you work. They don't want that. But how can you glorify God in it? It's like, you know, I'm going I'm going across in that big bridge, that big thing that the big bridge with the toll bridge in Washington State here, and I'm driving across and you just Naturally, you know, my wife hands me a track and I, I hand it up to her, says, Have a good day. She's like, No, thanks. I about just want to crumple it up and throw it at her and drive off. <laughs> Some of you probably done that. But that's that's my heart, that's what I want to do. But what does that what does that do? What does that sound like? <sighs> Can I tell you this? This is probably one of the most difficult instruments I've ever played in my life. I mean, it just, it's like every little, every little twick of the the bow, it's like everything. And then you can even do like, I call it involuntary vibrato. It's when your bow goes like this. you get nervous, right? And so even the nerves affect your playing. And it's like, it's just so, oh. The only way this thing is going to make beautiful music is if it follows what the master tells it to. That's difficult. Probably one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your Christian life is abide in Christ. As it comes down through here, it's going to say this. It's going to say this uh, verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. Do you want to glorify the Father? Do you want to be that sweet-smelling savor to Him? Do you want to be that, that glorifying to our God Almighty? You do that by how you respond and react to His will in this world. As a father, if loved me, so I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even if I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. It was really aggravating learning this thing. It was like I, I couldn't even hardly stand, stand myself to listen to myself play. But eventually when I, be, when I began to learn more and I began to play at doing the work, I enjoyed it. You know there's many Christians... That don't enjoy serving the Lord. They serve the Lord. They'll do it. They'll be a deacon, they'll be a carpet washer, they'll be a, a traffic person, they'll be whatever. And they're, they're doing it because pastor preached on it and made me feel guilty, so I'm gonna do it. But the joy is gone. Maybe missionaries come off the field because the joy was drained. They're, they're, they're doing the work, like he said. But they don't have the joy. Do you know how you can have the joy in the work? Do you know, you, do you know how you, you can enjoy doing what God's called you to do? Through abiding in Him. Here's the other side of it. I lived like a lost man for many years. You know what I had? I had joy. You know, lost people can have joy doing lost people things, going to the bars, meeting friends and families, and, and doing all the things lost people do. I've learned this, that lost people have joy. It's only for a moment, sin, pleasure for a season, but they can have joy. But you know what's impossible to do? To be a Christian and to do the Lord's work and be stuck doing the Lord's work with no joy or living for joy but not doing the Lord's work. There's many happy Christians that come to church and they're, they're full of joy. But they're doing nothing for the Lord. How do you, how do, where's this balance at? It's in abiding in Christ. Sometimes we think about that as, as during my prayer time. Sometimes we think about that as reading your Bible. Sometimes we think abiding in Christ may be coming to church. Can I remind you this? That abiding in Christ is constant, moment by moment. When you drive down the road and they cut you off. Lord, I don't know how you do it. I drove by the post office and there's like 100,000 cars parked outside and I got to mail something. How do you stand in that line and have joy? Boy, howdy. That's a tough one. But you can do it. Doing his work, fulfilling God's call on your life and having joy only if you are abiding in him. Christ didn't call his disciples. He didn't call them to say, hey, guys, I want you to do this job. Do this job, yes, sir. And the apostles were like, sir, yes, sir. That wasn't the case, was it? He wants the guys to have joy. He's come to have joy and have it more abundantly. He wants your Christian life to be full of joy. But yet this Christian life isn't about you. It's about the music. He wants you to have joy doing His work. That's the tough part. The only way you get to do that is by losing control of your wants, your passions, your desires, putting your heart into Him fully. Take my life and let it be. Consecrate me, Lord, to Thee. And when you learn to die to self, you begin to follow every movement, every, every vibration of the master, every, every, every nourishing pulse of the vine. You begin to listen to what he has. You do every stop sign, every fast food restaurant, every person you witness to. And he begins to sound a little more like what the master wants. when you've learned to abide in Christ and you can go through this crazy, messed up, nasty world and rub against this world string by string and you can lay your head on your casket when you're done in this life and the Lord looks at your life and says, hmm, that was good. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, I want that for me. I'm not just gonna, I don't want to go, I don't want to go to our mission field and just say, all right, I gotta make beautiful music. Yeah, I don't want to go there and be like, it's all about me. This is what I want to do. This is too tough for me. I don't want to do that. But it's got to be together. God has created this world. He says, He says, be in the world, but not of the world. Man, it's so hard. It is so hard to abide in Christ. But I'm here to convince you and try to tell you and persuade you. Herein is my Father glorified. That ye bear much fruit. Is that your goal as a Christian? It ought to be. It ought to be less about the stick. Less about the world. And more about the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you pray you teach us tonight. I pray you love on us tonight as this world is crazy and we're stressed out, Lord. Christmas is coming and all the, the pains and the annoyances that come with all the holiday hubbub, Lord. I pray you just be with us and comfort us and remind us it's not about the world, it's not about us, it's about how we interact with that world. Lord, it's about abiding in you. Lord, we love you. pray you'd calm our hearts and give us peace, a peace that passes all understanding. That, may, that we may do your work with joy. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. As you stand at your feet tonight, I pray you just take a moment as you begin to consider your life all the things that you're going through, the things that you're going to go through, all the problems and situations. Maybe it's a sick loved one. Maybe it's a dying loved one. And you're, you're tempted to reach out to the Lord in anger and bitterness. But maybe God is putting these things in your life because He wants to bring forth a beautiful note, a beautiful song. But you're rebelling. You're turning away from it. You can use this time in your life to glorify the Father if you'll only obey the vine. Abide in me.